Ja, wunderschönen... Oh, <lacht> good evening, everybody. And welcome to DefaChain Fireside Chat 4th Edition. It's in English today, not in German. My apologies. DC, good evening. How are you? Hi, Mark. Uh, hey. Fine, as always. And it's a very nice show also today. I think we will laugh a lot. <laughs> we started in the right way. <laughs> We started laughing already before and we started with the wrong language as well. Okay. Hey, you see, we've got an awesome guest tonight. Uh, we yeah. announced him a couple of weeks already. A uh, very young, smart gentleman from Germany again. We've, we've got the thing with the, with the Germans, I think. Uh, he is not in Germany at the moment, but all of these exciting stories he should tell you by himself. Very welcome and good evening, Balthasar, the Wunderkind of DeFi Chain. How are you? <laughs> hey, yeah, nice to have. Nice to be here. Um, I'm pretty good. I'm in Barcelona. Cool. So I'm enjoying the Spanish life. Yeah, I love Spain. You speak I Spanish? Spend a lot of time do you speak, so do you speak Spain. Spanish or how do you get your way around? Claro, hablamos español. Mejor. Claro, dos cervezas, por favor. No, we have three, chico, tío. Vamos a beber, no? Okay, so for everybody who doesn't Again, speak I, we Spanish. Again, we better stick to English. <laughs> Let's switch back to Yeah, it's small talk. But to be honest, you know, I'm here, I'm here on Erasmus. So um, you don't really have to know way more vocabulary than dos cervezas, por favor. What actually and means? Yeah, you, here we you, go. You have to give the translation as well. Everybody out there doesn't speak Spanish, I guess, right? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that means like uh, two beers, please. <laughs> Fantastic. So how long have you been in Spain already? For how long? Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, we, if we're going to dick into that topic, then we <laughs> okay. can build a whole fireside chat because <laughs> there's already like a very interesting story. I started my studies in Spain, actually, but in Madrid and then COVID hit. So I came back and then I continued in Innsbruck and then I kind of like, oh, I miss Spain. <laughs> Spain is cool. <laughs> Germany is cold. Innsbruck is like, okay, but everything was remote. So the first thing I did, I applied for Erasmus. And I was so, so lucky that they um, granted me Erasmus because I was already one year in Spain and a bachelor is like three years. And after all, I will be spending three, one and a half out of three years in Spain. And the reason I do that is because it's on my bucket list to learn Spanish. So I kind of um, dedicated to the goal that when I finish my studies, I will be fluent in French and Spanish. And the only way to achieve that was to go to Spain, of course. So, um, yeah, here I am. And I really like it. I mean, I think especially as a German, you always have a hard time in Spain because Spanish people are so funny. Spanish people always dance. Spain, you're like you're in a bar and everybody's looking at you. People want to dance. People want to have drinks. And you have like this German attitude. Don't move. Don't do anything offending. Don't seem that, that like you, you're not allowed to have fun. <laughs> and it's just, it's just Spanish people having so much fun. And it's just great. Awesome. Okay. So and as well, like university, it's so easy. It's so chill. I have like only three <laughs> subjects. It's all. <laughs> okay, okay, you are totally adapted to the Spanish. Uh, I can, I, I can see that already. I can see that. Okay, so that was a good I'm never going to come back. We, that was a great intro. So I'm we, never know, gonna come back. we know where we find you. Hey, Balthasar, but I gave it away a little bit already. So you're originally from Germany. Where exactly do you come from in Germany? I'm from Bavaria. So very, very far to the south of Bavaria, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny little village that is very close to the Austrian border, actually. So I'm living like 
20, 30 minutes close to Austria. And we have two little lakes and it's like really village, village, village. So I grew up in the mountains. I grew up in the woods. Like we would not go uh, <laughs> sit in front of computers or whatever. We would go straight up in the woods and try to climb trees and stuff like that. <laughs> so I was probably like, I grew up very, very much protected. And therefore I am as well, like very much dedicated to nature. I really like it. And then as well, like I always wanted to leave because when you grow up in the countryside, it's so boring. <laughs> it's horrible. Like agree, you have like a bunch of neighbors, you know them, they know you. There's a lot of gossip, like something do, does something and then everybody knows and everybody talks about it. And then, so I just took the first opportunity to, to run away. Okay. And then here when I was am that? discovering. How old have you been when you ran away? Oh, I've always been running away. Um, my first chance to run away was probably when I was 16 and we had, or 15 or 16, I don't know. And we had like a French exchange um, program. So I uh, took some possibilities to be, spend a lot of time in France frequently. And then in Spain and in Asia and um, after my studies, hopefully South America. Cool. Mm -hmm. Great, great, great. So. Let us come, let us come to the main topic today. So, uh, everything always is interweaved, Shiba right? Shiba Inu? <laughs> <laughs> we talk about Shiba Inu later. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. No, no, no. Okay. It's not the main topic. We, we, we're going to cover that. So for all the Shiba Inu lovers out there, we're going to have a nice story about that as well. Hey, tell us, how did you get in touch with crypto? I mean, you told me a little bit, but I really want to leave it to you to explain how that happened, because I think that's kind of very different than it happened to me and to most of us people out there. What's the story behind your crypto life? Um, are we running on a time limit? Because you, I mean, <laughs> We've got just time. slow don't me worry. down. Don't, don't worry, it's only down, half okay? hour past midnight here in Singapore. We've got enough time, don't worry. <laughs> okay, okay, here we go. <laughs> so I'll just try to um, somewhere start in the beginning. I don't know, it's like probably as well related to my personality because since I was small, since I was a tiny little boy, I was always fascinated about money. I don't know why, but somehow this principle of money just was like mind blowing to me. Like everybody seemed to be doing everything for money and somehow it seemed to dominate the world we live in. And I was so curious about it. And I was in general, a very curious child. So I would always ask people, how much money do you make? <laughs> and I was like maybe four or five years old and my, parently, uh, my parents would constantly get very, very much embarrassed by me because I would ask people how much money they make. And we're in the supermarket and I'm sitting on my dad's shoulders and I'm asking the lady, um, how much money do you make an hour? And my dad's <laughs> having a red face. It's like, you're not supposed to ask that. You know, this is well probably very German because in Spain, they were probably just like, yeah, I make that and that. And yeah, and then somehow, I don't know if she told me or if later my dad told me, we discussed it and I was like, yeah, she's probably making like 10 euros an hour. And I was like, 10 euros an hour? That's not how you're going to get rich. So I knew working in a supermarket, that cannot be for me. <laughs> and <laughs> so as well, the next thing that's important is that I somehow got um, this mindset of working very early. So when I was nine years old, I already started to develop stuff like doing some newspaper developing, um, handing out newspaper to people. And I did that with my big sister. And then when I was 13, I would start um, working at a cinema and the cinema is very important because they would only pay us. Why, like, why I mean, is the on, cinema important? Why is the cinema so important? Oh, the cinema is so important. The, the cinema is so important because when you work in a cinema 
and you're 14 years old, 15 years old, 16 years old, you don't have a lot of things to do in school because school is kind of easy. So what you do is you work a lot in the cinema because you want to make money. And the advantage of working in the cinema, yeah, yeah, you laugh now, but I'm going I'm to laugh last now. <laughs> you know, the advantage of working I, I know, in the I know, cinema, the advantage of working in the cinema is that you have a lot of free time. So if you work 10 hours in the cinema, you probably work like three hours and you have seven hours of spare time. And what do you do in those seven hours? And in the beginning, we would be like, okay, we do a lot of stupid things. I would regularly exercise at work, like do pull-ups and push-ups and stuff like that when everybody was in the cinema. I would do my uh, Latin vocabulary learning stuff and my homework and everything. And the important thing is that while I was working a lot, I mean, we were working a lot, like this is probably not really uh, legal if you think about it, but we were just working over, over hours, over hours, and then we had some interesting ways to deal with the, to deal with it. And so I was able to save money and probably more than average 14, 16 years old. Like I remember when I was 12, I always wanted to have 1000 euros. And when I was 13, I got my first thousand euros and I was so proud. But then I'm in the cinema and I'm working and working and working and I get more and more money. And at some point I'm like, of course, like a German, I put it all to the bank account because that's what Germans do. We all put the money in the bank account. And then I'm like getting no interest at all. And I'm like, do I trust the bank? And when I was 16 or something, I just decided that's it. I'm going to withdraw my money from the bank account. And then I went to the bank and I was like, yeah, I would like to have my money. And I don't know, I was having like maybe 5,000, 6,000 euros or something, which is not that bad if you're 16. But still, like right. the, the guy at the bank, he was like, son, where did you get the money from? And I was like, I don't know, I'm working at the cinema. And this is a very interesting experience because the first time I felt like, why do I have to justify? Why mm. do I have to justify where I got the money? He was like implying that there was something wrong maybe because you're 16, you're not supposed to have 6,000 euros or whatever. And then I just said that I would like to have my money. And then he gave me my money. And I remember I, I took from the bank this day, I took 5,000 euros from the bank. And then I went home and I was like, yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, I just got all my money. And then my sister, she just very randomly told me, you have to buy Ethereum then. And I was like, okay, what is Ethereum? And I mean, I had no idea how she knew about it. She just had some friends who kind of were into, I don't know, crypto or were like maybe into tech or whatever and she just told me this is going to be the next new thing the next big thing and i was like i have no idea what's that and then i looked it up and i was like wow ethereum is at two dollars and i was like this just like went Wait, crazy let me do the math. Let started, me do the math. Was... you had five thousand euros at that time <laughs> <laughs> and ethereum was two dollars yeah i mean <laughs> It, it's it's not about a math class now, but the interesting <laughs> thing is um, the interesting I think thing a lot is of that and I didn't put it the all in. Out now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of people pulling calculators. But I remember this picture, like you know, I remember this picture. I don't have it now, but I took all the money and it was like I think it was like in fifty. 50 euro notes and I put it over the table and the table was covered and I was so proud. I mean, I was sixteen. This was all my money. Like, I got it. Like I worked so hard for it. And in the cinema, not doing anything, but come on, let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, and then I was like, should I just throw it into Ethereum? And then I was like, I like this feeling. Like, ah, what's this Ethereum like? Ah, and then I just started by 500 years. I just started putting 500 years. And, you know, the thing is, like, I was 60. 
like oh I maybe I was almost 17 but uh, it's just like I couldn't even make an account tracking account myself you see like I had a friend had to do that and then I sent him money and he bought this and he gave it and then I started to read about cryptocurrency and then I slowly but surely invested like all those five uh, like like all the money I had I put them into cryptocurrency it's of course something you should never do <laughs> don't you ever put all the money you have into cryptocurrency like don't you ever do that but I was stupid I did it and yeah then uh, then the whole crypto journey started and i don't know I, I have like this maybe it's a quality maybe it's as well like a um i don't know it's some some part of my personality that whenever i'm very passionate about something i really explode and then i would start reading about it reading about it and then i read like apparently everything's gonna change we don't need lawyers anymore we don't need banks anymore like whole society's gonna be decentralized and then you can imagine me like being <laughs> 16 years old, going to school, and I started to tell my teachers about it. And I was in 10th grade, I think. And we had some teachers, and I was like, yeah, this is so boring. You have to buy Ethereum. This is really going to change everything. And they were just laughing at me, and they were like, yeah, do your homework. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We have to talk about math. So I don't know. Was it ethics? I don't know. I, I don't remember like Hinduism, Buddhism. And I mean, I love those things now. Don't get me wrong. But um, I don't know. Teachers always love to torture me. And always I have like this. Whenever somebody tells me, do you have to do something? I'm like, I will do everything to do the exact opposite. And yeah, so in class, I would read articles about Ethereum and I would think how Ethereum will change the whole world. And then we have to go back to the cinema because now we had a new thing to do in the cinema. We would look at charts in the cinema. And you had to make more money to invest in Ethereum, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and, then, and then I remember like Ethereum going to $11 and I was like, wow. And then I remember like <laughs> Ethereum crashing. And I don't know, maybe it went to $6, $7. I don't remember. And I felt like so, ah. Yeah, so, how, how, so how did you feel? Now, in, how did you feel at that time? So the first big crash, and you being so young, and you invested for you a substantial amount. I mean, it's a lot of money for a sixteen-year-old. How was the feeling? How did you handle it? How? What was your first reaction? Panic? Or... I didn't remember. I mean, everybody, all my friends loved. I mean, all my friends would love at me anyway. So my teachers would love at me. My family would love at me. So everybody was like, uh, I don't know. It was like, I, I just remember being in a cinema and there was no work to do. And so we just looked at the charts and then we as well, I remember as well, we bought Bitcoin. Yeah, and this was so stupid. I bought Bitcoin at $200 and then I sold it at $500. And I was like, yeah. master <laughs> trader. And I remember I had some Bitcoin and I sent it to a friend of mine. And I remember this stupid friend lost it. And we were like, okay, <laughs> just lost 200 euros. This sucks. We make seven euros an hour. So we have to do some overwork and then we will have it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it was just... I mean, so maybe this is as well, like, maybe in two years, we're going to think like that about DeFi chain. But... Um, Hopefully. Yeah, this was like very crazy. That was a crazy start. And then as well, like... How, how did it develop? Well, how like did it friend... develop? What time, What year was this, Balthasar? So you say you were 16, 17. That was about 2006. I'm like 22. So 2015, right? 2016. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I just remember that I bought all that stuff with, um, like, I, I couldn't do it myself because I wasn't 18 yet. <laughs> I couldn't even have a crack. It was like <laughs> so much humiliation. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then. Did you, stay, did, did you stay yeah, in the market had... continuously or did you just sell and leave for hmm? a while? Because a lot of people had this, oh, right? No, 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 they no, no, bought, no. made profits and left. and So you stayed all the time. Oh, no, I wasn't thinking about making profits. I was never thinking about making profits. No, no, no. I remember that um, in music um, in music class, I, uh, we had like, oh, this was, this was so boring. And I was like with my phone and I was trading and I just was like, oh, eaters at $12 or something. And then... I saw it. Ah, yeah, yeah, I remember now. Now, because after the crash, Ita went to $6 or something. And then I somehow must have accidentally made a sell limit sell order at Kraken. And then I remember like when Ita was at $13, I was like, ah, I must have made a lot of money now. So I looked in the account. It was in music class. I was like, I just got stopped out. How, how is it possible? I just got stopped out. And then somehow there was, I don't know, with Kraken, I don't know, then I got stopped out. So I had to immediately buy back. <laughs> so I had to go in again. And um, yeah, I just remember like as well, like I was in a lot of telecom groups and everybody was like, then it was $15, $20. And then it was like, buy the dip. And everybody goes like, to the moon. And you have like those, um, those rockets that go up like to the moon to the moon and yeah and this is, was um very very interesting feeling that is probably probably this is like the toughest thing with cryptocurrency to manage your emotions because um this is like you get so much dopamines i think there's even studies that when you make money you get more dopamines like when you're cocaine or something so it's just like your whole brain is like because you just look mm. at it and it's just getting more and more and more and i remember like in 10th class we had this dancing ball like everybody would dress up in a suit very nicely and it was just like all for the image in reality we were just drinking and getting drunk and partying <laughs> and everybody was having suits and it was so formal and i remember that that day ethereum hit 420 and i remember that that was so funny ethereum hitting 420 and i remember just like on that day i just made a lot of money and i remember like this feeling like i wasn't really conscious about it like it was just like screws up and then it just went more and more and more and more and everybody in my family was you have to sell you have to sell and i was like i'm not gonna sell i'm not gonna sell because you tell me always to sell you tell me when it's at 250 to sell you tell me when it's at five to sell you tell me when it's 11 to sell and now it's at 420 and i should sell of course i'm not gonna sell like everybody told me sell 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 Baltasar, question and if, if 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 you may answer yeah so you bought in very early at that stage did you cross the million already or this happened a bit later, right? I guess. I mean, we are not talking about exact numbers, but buying. In I mean, so we're not talking about us. You know, the, the problem was, and that is as well, the reason that I didn't sell is that it was on my mom's Kraken account. So I made, <laughs> I made it in my mom's name and then I'm not going to talk about numbers, but then it hit some numbers that were like, um, I felt like if I'm gonna sell now, like when it when it hit the bubble, I think it was like 2017 bubble was like 2000, yep. no 1,300 or something. And I was like, this is a bubble. And then I saw as well like this video from Julian Hoffs. He made it because I discovered him on the way, and he made a video that he's selling now. 
and I was like, don't you sell, come on, professionals are selling, this is going to end very badly. But you know, I was waiting for the one year tax benefit. Because, mm. um, I mean, if my mom, like, m m we're completely ordinary people. And like, I don't know, it's just like what a completely ordinary couple gains. And then suddenly you have like, boom. And then you have to pay 50% taxes. And I was like, I'm not going to do all that. I was just like, ah. And this was stupid, of course, because then I didn't sell at 1,400 and then it crashed. And I was like, ah, now it really starts everything. <laughs> and then I just totaled it through. And then I remember, like, then the, the bad time started. Because then suddenly, dopamines were gone. <laughs> no dopamines. So how did you replace the dopamines Nothing. at that time? What did you do to get the dopamine kick yeah. back? Yeah, it was pretty hard. I mean, I remember like crypto was so like every crypto project is well, I had as well some ICOs and I, I, everything and nothing worked. And I was like, and people were like, okay, it just crashed 50%. So why don't you sell now? And I was like, ah, this is just, it's going to go up again. It's going to go up again. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I remember like at, at, at 600, at Ethereum 600, I seriously considered it because then I had the tax benefit. And I seriously considered it, but then I was like, this is going to go up again. And then I finished my A-levels. I went to Asia. I was in Asia and I mean, I would never leave crypto. I would always um, still look at it and I would always look at fundamentals because I was so fascinated as well by blockchain and how everything works. I mean, we can as well later talk about the fundamentals of Ethereum. There's just so much interesting and truly exciting revolutionary stuff going on right now. And this fascinated me so much. But then I I did as well some stupid things like, uh, I don't know if you know Crypto Kirby. Do you know Crypto Kirby? I know no. Crypto <laughs> Kitties, <laughs> but the Crypto Kirby's, I think I, 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 I miss those. Kirby. <laughs> He's a trading YouTuber and he's Crypto Kirby here back with the daily live stream. And then he just tells you what to buy and what to sell. And this guy's crazy. I mean, this guy's crazy. But yeah, um, uh, this is like very expensive for that. I think we all had these guys that we followed, right? So I was I was I, I, I was a big shit right. coin buyer in 2017. McAfee was my mm -hmm. hero in some ways or whatever. He was shilling. I was buying at that time. That didn't go so well. I lost I lost uh, maybe not as much money as you, but I lost a substantial amount of money. I think DCU had similar uh, happenings. Yeah, it, it looks so easy. Yeah? Just yeah. <laughs> watch YouTube, okay? They make a lot of money. You have to buy this coin and then wait and sell it with profit. <laughs> but <laughs> the selling video is not shown and you're sitting on some coins. <laughs> Going down some nice bags, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Don't bags. sell. Puddle it through. To the <laughs> of course, of course, of course. So, so yeah. you were huddling through the bear market, and then better times came in 2019, 2020. 20. You, you said wow, you discovered took a lot of time. Yeah. At the end, it wasn't really long, right? But it felt like forever. It was. It was because because I was in Spain. And I was in Madrid and I was like, I have all this crypto on my wallet, but I'm not going to sell it. And I was, <laughs> so I was living like, uh, on, I think I was living like on, on 600 euros a month, paying 500 euros for rent or something. And I had like 100 years and I was like saving everything because I'm not going to sell my crypto. <laughs> how, 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 did you protect, how did you protect your crypto at that time? Have, have you been carrying it oh, around Ledger. with you? Or you had it on Ledger? Okay. 
yeah, yeah, I'm having Ledger and I'm having a Trezor and I'm having like, uh, yeah, this is really interesting. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's always interesting topic. Um, and you yeah, said, gotta be careful. Gotta you be very said, careful. Okay, that's good to hear. And you said you you found Julian Horst on internet, right? Some time ago. So, and then you continued following him, I, I assume, right? Because in some way you found your way into DeFi chain. Uh, where, how, how did that happen then? And how, um, why did you enter DeFi chain? Maybe tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I probably entered DeFi chain because I didn't have a choice. <laughs> I was just gifted some because uh, <laughs> I was like on cake and I did, I don't know what I did. Um, what did I do? Oh, yeah, I did think it did stake, not no stake. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, think you, I think you, I think you, Bitcoin lending was the and first, right? Lending, mm -hmm. Bitcoin lending, mm -hmm. dash stake. Uh, Lepe le le service and you get, yeah. Lapis and you get some mm -hmm. DFI for free and you could stake it and that's the the entry yeah, exactly. in the DeFi chain system from Cake here. Yeah. yeah, this was actually very interesting because I just got it and then I was like, okay, this actually suits my strategy because whenever I think a bull market is about to unfold, I know that I cannot determine which coin is gonna moon. It's impossible to predict that. But what I can do is I can I can just invest in like 10 projects or 15 projects, just throw like part of the portfolio in those projects and one that's gonna make it. Because um, like that, you're always gonna have, or you're very likely gonna have the winner and then the winner is gonna outperform the losers by such a high margin that you don't really mind losing the others. And so I was like, okay, I just got this DeFi chain for free. Uh, I had like Cardano and all those coins on my list before, like in the, like when was it like 2019 or something? I was like, okay, so I'll just buy some more DeFi chain. And then I saw, okay, so we have very high inflation right now, 42%. And next year inflation is going to drop to 20%. And then next year it's going to be 7%. And then it's just going to be like 3% or something. That means that supply is going down. That means like this thing must go up. So I thought like, okay, I'll just put my dash that I have in it. And I mean, it, it, it was nothing at the time. Like it was like, like 20 cents, 30, I don't, I don't remember, 10 cents. And I even remember that when I did that, we had a family dinner and I was like showing my family, look, you have to buy this coin. This coin is just like, uh, let's see what it's gonna do. And a couple of weeks later, I mean, come on, what DeFi chain did it was like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if, I, if you look at it, it's so funny because as well, when we talk about Shiba Inu or something, just look at the monthly chart. <laughs> I know that people look on the daily, no, they, they don't even look at the daily. 15 minutes charts or something and then you can make a picture that somehow works but just look at it the monthly and it was crazy your so, sister um, your sister your sister brought you into ethereum right is she still in crypto yeah yeah i mean that's the interesting thing she she never got into ethereum she just told me that i should mm. do that and then i just just didn't but she never did it herself and now she's having some <laughs> Because like uh, like my whole family is now into crypto. Because you know, um, you already realize that I'm like a talking machine. So whenever you whenever you put on the volume, you really have to make it stop. Because if not, uh, <laughs> I'm never gonna stop myself. So my whole family they have to bear with me all the time. So they all have to get into crypto. So I would at least shut up for some time. So they're all in DeFi chain as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, even my little brother. You know, my little brother. He's like 30. And we had like, this really cool deal 
yeah, yeah, we had this really cool deal that I implemented that my brother would work in the house. So he would, I don't know, clean or do something. And therefore he would always like, then we would buy Bitcoin for him. And that's how he like over time and then it's like cost average and you're 13 and you're getting more and more Bitcoin. And at some point when he's going to be 18 or 20 or 21, let's see. And then it's well, one day he came to me and he's like 13. He's like, Balti, I have 200 euros. Can you invest them for me? And I was like, yeah, come Come on, here you have some. <laughs> so the, the whole story <laughs> repeated. So what happened to you in some way happens to your little brother now, right? He's about the same age really when you got into so. crypto. I really hope right? so. Mm. No, no, no. He's 13. He's I 13. 13 even. Okay, good. So he's got a long yeah, journey yeah. ahead. I mean, yeah, yeah. And I'm as well saving for my sister. She's got children. So I'm as well saving because, you know, I'm saving a little DeFi chain for them because I think like they're like three years now. And if DeFi chain, if DeFi chain succeeds, what we're all trying to work on, then in like 10, 20 years, when their children are going to be like, okay, now I could need money, maybe I want to do something. Then maybe if I regularly save some, this is actually going to be a good amount of money. But let's see. Baltasar, you said you, said you were looking at a couple of projects, right? Uh, so I think you gave it away. You're not only holding Ethereum and Bitcoin. And did you go into DeFi other... Chain. Yeah, DeFi chain. Did you also go into other uh, DeFi projects at that time? And what yeah, were the winners, yeah. what um, were the losers at that time? Okay, I mean, when, when talking about altcoins, you have to be very careful because you have to know that 99% of them are most likely going to disappear. And especially you have to take profits and you have to distinguish between, like, I always try to distinguish between what are projects I actually believe in what are projects like it's always a different investment what are projects i just invest on people being um let's put it in a nice way very optimistic about hopium and what is just like complete mania like shiba Inu and floki coin and all that's happening here. and whenever i do that that's like how i put my buckets that's how I determine my buckets. And then I would invest into Cardano, not because I believe in it, but because so many other people seem to believe it. Never made sense to me and I never really believe their vision, but a lot of people do. So I got into Cardano as well into Ripple. And uh, I mean, I, I like, I like, I don't know, I bought Ripple at three cents or something. And then, then I, 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 I sold some, I lost some, like as well, like Poloniex is changing something. And then in the bear market, I did not even care. It wasn't a lot of money. And then now suddenly like Phantom, I think I think I bought Phantom at three cents. And then, yeah, yeah, but I, I lost them all because Poloniex told me like, you have to send them to a different address because we're not supporting them anymore. And then I never did it. <laughs> now it's taken forever. So, so when you look at crypto projects, um, I'm a big fan of projects that really have a use case and there you can already out to like 99%. And that doesn't mean that you cannot invest into the other 99%, but just be very careful. And then I like coins that always have to be, um, used as collateral or that always have to be hold back somehow reducing the supply. So the price has to go up. And that's why I'm a big fan of DeFi chain and as well, Terra Luna. Because like, mm -hmm. if you, if you look at DeFi chain, let's talk more about the vision that I see behind DeFi chain, because this is really, truly amazing. If we look at the statistics, we see 1.7 to 2.7 billion people on earth don't have access to bank accounts. 
and they're never going to get them because banks have no financial interest in providing them with banks accounts. So all those people, which is like almost a third of the whole population of this world, they are a potential target group. And then they are very, very largely disadvantaged right now. So as well, something I mean, I've traveled a lot through Asia, through Philippines, through India. I've seen so poor people. And what we can do is like as well with currency, we can just put our money into the S&P 500 and then we don't mind inflation. People in the Philippines or people in India, if they have no way of avoiding it, they're just mm. going to be, they just going to be hit so badly. And um, for them, it can be so useful because they have no way of storing their financial energy and they have no way of participating of the returns of the profitability of the stock markets. And it's just a given fact that stock markets on average, if you buy it at MSCI World, which is the, like, the less resist, uh, like the less risk that you can have, it makes 8% a year. And we make that. And that means every 10 years you double and then you get this compounding and then you're Warren Buffett when you're 80 or 90 years old. <laughs> and this is never gonna happen to people in Africa or India or the Philippines. And I've seen those people and I've played with kids on, from the Philippines. We've played on the, on the beach and everything. And I've just felt like those poor children, like they don't have any future at all. About, well, then I didn't mind because then they stole my phone and I was really pissed. But <laughs> 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 So, no, but the point is yeah. that I truly see in those DeFi projects a way of um, integrating a large part of the population that has no chance and that is systematically disadvantaged. And this is the true power I see behind it. And then right now I see three projects. Right now I see DeFi chain, I see Terra Luna, and I see Synthetics. And they all go a different way, which is perfect. So I invest in all three of them and I invest the most in the project. I think that is the most um, likely gonna succeed. And then I'm gonna win either way. And they just go different routes, like uh, DeFi chain on Bitcoin, Terra Luna on Cosmos, and Synthetics on Ethereum, and that's all okay. But I just put the most of my money um, in the project that I lo truly long-term believe in, which is in that case DeFi chain, because I think it's the simplest. And when you talk about things like banking, when you talk things like money, you don't want to have all the complexity, like smart contracts, you can do everything, but I don't really want that. All I want to do is having a stock that I can participate on the price, taking a loan, uh, maybe some option trading or futures trading, but I don't want the possibility to make everything possible in finance. In different areas, this is way more interesting. So I think this is a good argument for defaulting. And um, yeah, so like my personal long-term vision is to make sure that um, this project is going to be used in countries where people need it the most. And this is the third world mm -hmm. and the third world is developing. It's unstoppable. I've seen people in Vietnam. They are powerful. Like they really, really are hungry. They want to go. Like I've never seen so motivated people working so hard um, and they gonna develop. And I think that they're gonna develop on the technology of the 21st century. Because when you study history, you see one thing, like there was a big advantage actually for Germany and France that we were destroyed in the after the First World War. Because England, Great Britain wasn't destroyed and therefore they still relied on the old energy supply. So they still had the old energy um, producing factories in place. And we, because everything was destroyed, we had to rebuild from scratch using new technology. 
And that's what's going to happen in um, developing countries. They're going to develop, but not with the old system where you get the capital from banks and where you do all that, but they're going to develop with the new technology, which is blockchain technology, which is cryptocurrency. And they're going to have an advantage because of that, because they don't have all this sunk costs, so to speak. So this is going to be very interesting. I think we're in the beginning yeah. of hell of a ride. Cool. Okay, hey. maybe one question. Yeah, um, go ahead. Do we have any idea how we can reach these persons in the third world? Yeah, this is. Um, I'm. I'm asking myself <laughs> recently a lot. So I've looked at Africa, because of course, okay. I mean, you have to as well like distinguish between two things. Like we as a project, of course, we have to look at um, two things. We have to look which is the community that is really interesting to us in terms of making the project grow and which are the people that um, probably profit the most from what we can develop mm -hmm. or what we can deliver. And then you see that Africa is probably the continent with South America, like mainly the developing world that would profit the most. But the question is, how interesting are they for us as a user? Because when you look at Africa, you see that Africa is very, very crucially was divided by colonization. So we had England and France, who just took it and colonized and everything. And then you see nowadays that the English speaking part of Africa is very, very much more developing than the French part. I suppose it is because the, the English were just not as bad as the French in terms of exploiting. I mean, it's horrible what's been on the colonies. But so you see Algeria, for example. Algeria is a really interesting country because they are um, developing and they have better infrastructure in place because you have, especially the French part of Africa is so poorly developed. It's, I mean, it's horrible. It's heartbreaking as well. But then sometimes you don't even have like um, working infrastructure and then it's so difficult to get these people. But the people okay. in Algeria, for example, generally the people in South Africa, in Ghana, in Uganda, those people mm -hmm. are very interesting because I've been watching some YouTube channels of them and I'm following them and they are looking to ways how they can get exposure to US stock market. And it's impossible for them. It's impossible for them. And additionally, they don't have, they have zero trust in the government. This is completely different because our institutions work, the institutions don't work and the institutions are kind of exploiting them forever always. So um, we just have to get in touch with those people. And then we have to show them that with DeFi chain, when stocks are in place, you can trade stocks. It works. All you need is the defaching wallet. Maybe we have to think about mm -hmm. the onboarding because the onboarding process somehow they need to get the DeFi. Somehow this is this might be as well a little tricky, but um, this can provide true value to those people and as well to DeFi chain because the volume then mm -hmm. has to be locked. And then as well like South America. Um, South mm -hmm. America is so interesting because. Um, I mean, in Venezuela, it's a big problem with the currency. In a lot of South American countries, it's a big problem with the currency. And if you look at the Bitcoin adoption index, it's quite interesting. You see, yeah. like, um, South American countries are very, very high. Mm -hmm. how, how do you think we can achieve that? I mean, you and me, we had a, a couple of conversations over the past couple of weeks, how we can make progress there. How do you see it? What are our best chances to get there. I mean, we see there's a market and there are people who could really benefit from it. But how can we make the next step? What's 
What's your best guess so far? Um, you all know Roger Ver, Bitcoin Jesus, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did he do? Because um, this is as well, maybe we can as well touch upon centralization versus decentralization. Bitcoin is decentralized, but you had central figures that were very important in the process of adoption. And a decentralized system cannot find adoption. You always need central parties pushing. That's why at the moment, cake is as well so important because um, they need to push it. And what we can do is something like, for example, that I've been thinking of, you know, you had Roger where he was giving away world. Bitcoin constantly, right? He was, he was giving yeah. away Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. He was giving away Bitcoin and he was traveling around the world like Jesus. And mm -hmm. he was telling people that they have to use Bitcoin. So um, maybe I'll do something like that, like after my um, studies, because I finished in a couple of months, maybe I'll just go to South America. I thought about that, like when friends and we're just gonna be like hey you have to use DeFi chain it's gonna solve all your problems but then we're gonna get robbed like once a week and maybe <laughs> yeah that's a problem right <laughs> so... So... yeah yeah i have a... i met somebody from the um Domian republic and um like in barcelona a couple of weeks ago and i told him like yeah i mean like i would like to travel through um like through those countries and he was like yeah yeah good luck with that he told me that even he gets robbed all the time Get dropped all the time but no i mean this would certainly be a way to really go there and then talk to people talk to institutions talk to universities do onboarding i think a lot of onboarding should be done for universities i see that as well like um i'm in university and students they care they want to know students are um profiting a lot because like look, look at me i mean for me crypto was just a game changer a big game and, changer um yeah, it changed everything. It changed mm -hmm. everything because cryptocurrency now gives me the freedom. Cryptocurrency now gives me the freedom that I don't have to think about which internship I'm going to apply. I don't have to think like, you know, oh, I'm making YouTube videos with this uh, stupid, um, ridiculous uh, sweater and all that. Yeah, I can just do it. Because <laughs> I don't tell, care what people tell, think. Tell, tell, us, tell us about the sweater because so <laughs> most people so it was very funny, right? So I came across your videos a couple of weeks ago and I thought there's this nerdy, very strange guy in this really yeah. crazy pullover, right? And, and kind of nobody was talking about you. And we have this Telegram channel and then suddenly people started talking about you and kind of sharing, hey, have you seen he's, he's talking about Diva Chain stuff. This was when, when I then got in touch with you, but it wasn't even easy because you're not so much on social media, right? You are kind of more in the background. Oh, no, no, and I'm avoiding we, it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I found you and we started talking and I saw you're a completely different guy. Tell us, uh, I know the story, but tell everybody else the story about the sweater and about your videos because that's actually not really you or not the real you or however I, you want to describe it's it. It's part of me. I yeah. would say it's part of me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like... Maybe I'm a little ambiguous. Um, you know, the interesting thing is like, for example, when I'm in Asia traveling, I travel like, um, like I don't have anything at all. I have nothing except a pair of um, like a bathing suit and maybe two or three t-shirts. And that's it, like a little backpack, nothing. And it just go around. And I just want to get in touch with people. But then as well, I have like this where I think, well, I kind of like cool clothing and I like leather jackets and I like high quality stuff and I really like it. And then I saw this um, sweater 
and it's from Ever Leather Clothing. It's leather jacket as well from Ever Leather Clothing. This is just brilliant. I mean, they make the best leather jackets. I mean, you buy them, and I, I bought it like five years ago or something. And um, it is expensive. It is about 800 euros. But then it's not expensive if you think about it, how it develops over time, because I'm going to have it in 20 years. I, it's impossible to destroy it. And then I might even have it in 30 or 40 years. So then it's not that much if you think about it that way. And it's really good quality. You are having a product that is not somehow cheaply made in China whatsoever. And they made as well the sweater. And it's a very unique edition. Okay. And I was like, okay, I absolutely have to have it. And I bought it. And then I was like, I can never wear it. <laughs> Where should I wear this? Yeah. Where should I wear this? Come on, seriously. I mean, I, I could maybe go to university Oprah, and then still people would be <laughs> university. <laughs> It would be worth a try, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe I do this. I mean, it's too hot in Spain, but maybe I do this once because it's so funny. I'm already talking with my teachers in university about crypto and stuff like that. And then I'm talking about how the economy are from work and stuff like that. So maybe it would, maybe then they would listen to me. So why did I um, use the sweater? Um, I don't know. I just had this idea like um, I don't really know what to do with it. And I read this book and it's a brilliant book. Um, I forgot the name again. Do you remember it? I We've think I been talking it about that already. I don't know. I can't um, remember. Uh, I, I we're going to post it. it we're going to figure it out. Matter. Yeah. And it's such a brilliant book because we have to study the brain. If you want to know how things work, you always have to study the brain because the brain is everything. It's like the engine. And there's two things we remember. We remember things that are important that we think are important, that we perceive to important. And we remember things that are strange. Like if I did something very weird right now, you would remember it for the rest of your life. For example, um, this is very interesting. Like you remember this, you're going to remember this because this just looks badass. <laughs> you, you know what? Wait, wait, hold on. There's, and... there's a guy, there's a guy. Re read the comment. This guy sounds like Agent Smith in Matrix. <laughs> he posted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he got it. And um, <laughs> but this is as well. Just you know, this is as well. Just I just wanted to kind of surprise you because I didn't want to wear this sweater because this is what you're anticipating, and you should never give people what they anticipate. You see, you're just going crypto markets. Never what, what you what, everybody wants to have one hundred thousand. Maybe it's not going to happen. Yeah? But the point is, we remember two things. Um, number one what we think is important and number two what somehow is weird and what nobody does and what's very out of the ordinary because we have those filters in our brain that filter out everything else that is as well why most teachers are having so many problems because they fail to tell the students why it is important why should you listen and then students gonna be like there yeah i'm 16 years old i'm looking to the neighbor's girls and i'm having a lot of different things in my mind <laughs> right now and what's important yeah and that's the point so i just thought that if i use the sweater I can use the sweater and additionally people will remember people you. gonna remember it okay good so, so and i think that's as well what happened yes fantastic yeah, okay mission good. complete mission, mission complete now now we know it right because I, honestly but i told you that a couple of weeks ago when i looked at you in the sweater i thought this guy is really weird <laughs> but i kept you i kept you in my mm -hmm. mind absolutely i completely agree it worked at least for my monkey yeah, yeah. brain it functioned very very well Tell us about your YouTube channel, Balthasar. So you are a YouTuber as well. Um, most people check out. We're gonna link. We're gonna link uh, Balthasar's channel. You've got mm -hmm. about thousand followers now. 
How serious do you take that? Uh, what was the idea behind it? What What's coming there? Are you going to plan on more? Maybe give us a little bit of insight on your YouTube career. I have a thousand subscribers. I think you've yeah, got about a thousand now. subscribers now, yeah? Wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, why did I start it? There's maybe a couple of reasons. The, the, the first reason was like, um, I kind of read a lot and I really read a lot and then I'm like, okay, everybody reads and everybody listens to a lot of stuff. So if you want to have an edge, it's always about having an edge. Whenever you want to do something, you have to have an edge. And then I was like, okay, so if I want to have an edge, I really have to make a lot of notes. So I'm making a lot of notes of books and whatever. And then I was like, if I really, really want to have an edge, I just have to post this on YouTube. Because if I summarize everything I learn and then I'm able to talk about it, that just means mm. that I really got it. And then I started doing YouTube videos and I didn't talk about crypto first. I was just like talking about a lot of things. Like I was doing a lot of book summaries, even in Spanish. And I think in French or in Spanish, because I didn't mind um, that nobody understands. It was just, I read the book in Spanish. I make the video in Spanish. I can talk without cut. 10 minutes about one book in Spanish that I read, I got it. Are they still online, those videos? And then I had two problems. Are they still online? Yeah, yeah, they're still online. And yeah. I did it as okay, well. I haven't I did seen it as well. Like okay. Once mm -hmm. a week, a summary. Once a week, I made a summary of The Economist because I'm reading The Economist. I love it. And I made a summary. Once a week, 10 minutes about The Economist. And then I just realized nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> but you, ca you keep on doing it, right? <laughs> <laughs> because you don't care about I people. I keep on yeah. doing it. No, it wasn't. It, I mean, of course I care about people, but not about the superficial um, expression that some people sometimes give you. Like if you give me feedback, I'm always happy. I always ask for mm. feedback. Like if you tell me, for example, don't do this. Or if you tell me like this is somehow wrong, especially about the content, please give me feedback on the content. And as well about my um, gestures and how I can improve. And like there's so much things to improve. But um the important thing was i want to document how i wanted to document my learning and mm -hmm. then i just thought like well i'm actually so much into cryptocurrency cryptocurrency is so such a big part of my life why did not start documenting my progress about cryptocurrency and then i started making this analysis of um DeFi chain and of other cryptocurrency projects and i started to make videos about them um, how those things work. And I mean, I think it's a lot of things. It's kind of fun. Then it is as well, like a cool way to get in contact with people. Like the only reason we're having this conversation right now it's because of is this, because yeah. there was this absolutely. guy with yeah. a weird sweater doing YouTube videos. Absolutely. <laughs> Otherwise and we would have never met. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then as well that I've been realizing that all the mistakes that I've been doing with cryptocurrency in the past that were so costly and that not only cost me a lot of money, but as well, a lot of um, like nerves, it was horrible. Um, then I thought like a lot of people are experiencing this right now and I'm just over that because I've already gone through that pain. So I don't have to do those mistakes again and maybe I can help other people. And that is as well, like in the first video, I'm saying that I want to address people that are my age. But then I send it as well into my old school group. And 
just nobody cares, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not about age. They don't want to learn about cryptocurrency. It, it's about mindset. Yeah, and they don't want to learn right? about cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but as well, like, I think uh, I looked into that, like, I think the average age of my YouTube watchers, I think it's like 40 years or something. And okay. I thought, I thought that I could help young people getting into cryptocurrency. And I'm like, I would really like to get into the university because I think like it can change the life of somebody who is uh, 20 years old if he starts doing DeFi chain mining, for example, and then suddenly he has more and then he starts with a master node and suddenly he has passive income and suddenly he can focus his whole energy on the project that gives the most value for him and the society and the community. And then after all, the result is going to be better. And this is what I really would like to do with my YouTube channel to reach. I mean, I'm as well very happy if I can help 40 year old people, but then I'm sometimes like, I don't know if I'm maybe qualified to give advice to 40 year old people. So, um, but I think if I don't people, know, I think if people, cho some if people, people like choose it. you, if people choose you, then that's kind of the certification or the, a stamp of approval, right? That it gives them some extra value. Otherwise, they wouldn't follow you. So I think you, there's no reason to worry about that. But it's it's interesting, right? You you would I I would also think that you would address more the young folks out there. What, what do you think? Where's the problem? Why are they not open for that? Why are they not following you? Why are they not jumping on it and see, hey? This, this dude made it, even if he wears a weird sweater once in a while, but he's a made man. He's so super young. So why are they not following you? I'm sure you thought about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I'm making videos more than five minutes. <laughs> TikTok is the way to go. TikTok again. <laughs> yeah, I, I can start dancing. I can start dancing. It's kind of my bucket list. Not tonight, not tonight, not tonight. Maybe not. I can become a TikTok dancer. Like cryptocurrency, <laughs> buying DeFi chain. <laughs> your, your girlfriend's not watching tonight. Getting right? to the moon. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe. Hey, Baltasar. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I've got another topic on my list that I have to that I have to scratch off the list, and that's your carbon neutral uh, community fund proposal cool. that mm -hmm. was voted for, and this was the first proposal going in that direction, like really not like building tech or building a website like I did or stuff like that. Maybe maybe you want to talk a little bit how you came up with that idea. I find it's brilliant. Uh, I'm a big supporter of this project. I think it had, do you see how much, how much percent approval? Very high, right? I think most masternodes voted on it. It, uh, it was, it was more or less clear. Yeah. yeah it was was so far away from the 50%. How, how did you come up with that idea? What's the idea behind and what's gonna happen there? Um, you know, Whenever there is the moment you don't work for money, you kind of really think about what you want in life. And I mean, money has so much diminishing returns. So when you make money, you're very, very happy. But then the next time you're 50% less happy. And that's just like exponential growth the other way around. And at mm. some point, um, it's just, it's always interesting to make money and it's always probably a high feeling but it is not meaningful it's not meaningful at all and it doesn't make you happy 
Um, it even corrupts your soul. I mean, like there's Pink Floyd saying money, it's a crime. And it's so difficult to focus then on things that truly have meaning. And then when I think about what truly has meaning, I can tell you a story of the Philippines where we just met people that were so poor. And in India as well. And it was so horrible to see that there's so much suffering we cannot at all um, imagine or we don't really see it. I mean, come on. It's like we're living the first world. It's so good. It's, it's even so good we don't enjoy it anymore. So I really want to do something meaningful with my life. And I don't want to work for a company where I will calculate numbers all day long. And then, I don't know, maybe the product is going to be better, but who's going to enjoy it? Somebody whose life is already as good as it can get. And he's the probably not even happy about it because if you live in that world, you don't appreciate what you have. So I really want to do something meaningful. And I was thinking about what, and then there was like this discussion and I don't even know who started it or how it happened, but somehow there was this discussion that we have to do something. And this was as well the time that Elon Musk started tweeting about Bitcoin. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, this Bitcoin thing is actually going to be very interesting because it's so bad for the environment. And then people are going to use this, like the media in 2013, they said it was just for criminals, drug users who use it in the dark net. And then they used this rhetoric until 2070 and somehow it doesn't work anymore. Now they're going to say that it is because it's so bad for the environment and they're going to keep up with those reasonings because after all, Bitcoin is not what they want. It cannot be what they want. It's a reaction against a um, very strong institution. And therefore, I just wanted to um, have a project where I can do something really good and as well, I, or this was maybe as well the motivation to go behind it and as well make sure that in a year or two when this um, Bitcoin rhetoric of being bad for the environment is going to come up again, that we can say, hey, yeah, maybe Bitcoin's bad, but we're not. And mm -hmm. this is, I think, something that does not seem to be too useful right now, you know, because right now somehow very few people talk about Bitcoin, but I'm pretty sure that when Bitcoin goes to 100, when Bitcoin goes to 200, in case, I'm not saying that it will, but in case Bitcoin becomes a threat for the system, I'm not saying that it will, but maybe it will. Then people gonna use this argument again that it's so bad for the environment. And people are using it. Whenever I talk to non-crypto people, they always say the first thing is it's so bad for the yep. environment. Mm. And then we started to calculate. And then we started, okay, we already proof of stake, which is better. But of course, proof of stake, we have a lot of master nodes, master nodes produce energy, blah, blah, blah. We started doing the calculations and we're like, well, with one master node, you can decarbonize the whole project and most likely i mean we were not sure with the numbers at the time but we were just thinking most likely you still have some more money that you then can use for different projects and then i was like okay i'm very thankful to DeFi chain i'm very happy that i'm getting passive income with DeFi chain i love it everybody's making money everybody's happy Except now, where price is not going the way, <laughs> but this is a topic for later. And at that time, at least, everybody was happy. So it was just, okay, let's just do that. And um, we calculated it. We got it. Now we're in um, talks with two different organizations, which one to use. And we know more or less how much money it's going to be. And we're going to start very soon. And then it's just carbon neutral. And additionally, 
maybe the idea came from like me, I'm paying 21 euros a month because every German on average is polluting 12 tons of CO2 a year. That's just the average. And to offset that, I have to pay 21 euros a month. I'm doing that. So theoretically, I'm CO2 neutral, which of course is not true. And if every German did it, it wouldn't work and blah, blah, blah. But it's better than nothing. And that's the same what we're going to do with the DeFi chain. Cool. And then we're going to have some money left. And this money we're going to use for a friend of mine. She built up a school in Uganda. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm talking to her. She's like 24 years or something. And she built a school in Uganda. And there's 400 people going to school. Then we have... Um, Another community member, Patrick, he's building stuff in Zanzibar. And then I have like my dad, he's a teacher and they do a lot in school. And they already sent money to um, some things in Uganda. And then there's like really projects that we can help. And this is like, mm -hmm. I mean, just imagine it for people in Africa. If you have education, if you have no education, it's a life change. It changes everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, keep us updated. Like the two things. Keep us updated. First of all, yeah making it CO2 neutral to make sure that people are not going to put us in the camp of uh, polluters. And second objective, giving back, because we all have to give back. There's like the saying, giving back is five times, makes you five times more happy than taking. Giving makes five times more happy yeah. than taking. So let's try all to give more. And um, yeah, we, I mean, it's just a question of one or two weeks and then we're going to give you like, because, because yeah. I've already talked to the cake marketing team. It would be really cool if we could make like a cooperation or if we just like the certificate once a week, we put the certificate on Twitter or something. Mm. It's actually cool because then we do it once a week, better than once a, a year or once a month. And um, yeah, then I, then I would like to talk to cake marketing's team and see if they would do something together. Let's see. Cool. Now, absolutely. I mean, that is just not. We we in touch anyway, but keep keep us updated on the project, right? Yes. Because we try to bring it in a news show. We try to we have the rebuild show where we're gonna follow mm. your project. We really wanna report mm. more about it because I think a lot of people know about the project already, and I think it's really cool and it's so different. So yeah, just think about it. It's fast. It's hard to to figure out what's going on in the project. Just uh, yeah. Send it over and say, hey, Mark, uh, we got to talk or whatever. Put it on the show or something like this or DC. So that was the project. You said price. You mentioned price. So now I'm going to cycle back on the price story. Because it's a big topic at the moment and you, it's your fault because you started doing it. I didn't want to talk about price and DC never talks about price. And we are one hour in the show already. So we're going to come to a sooner or later to an end. What's your prediction? What's your take on it at the moment? Um, you're very vocal on your videos also about price and inflation and stuff. Give us a little insight how you feel about it. What do you think about it? I, I, I think a lot of people would be interested to hear that, if you want. We make a countdown. And, <laughs> <laughs> and oh, before we go to the Shiba Inu story. If I change $50. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's not what you mean. No, no. And talking about price is very difficult because nobody can predict the future and it's impossible to predict the future. But what you can do is you can kind of think about, okay, what is happening like in the very near future and what's happening in the very near future is that we will have a new feature. And with this feature, we are going to reduce supply by the 
trading volume of the stock tokens. So the amount of stock tokens, or of minted tokens, or however you want to call them, this amount has to be locked in DFI. But mm. additionally, we are increasing inflation. And this is an equation that we have more DFI per plug reward that is created to incentivize the whole thing. So we have two forces. We have one force that is inflationary, more coins that drives the price down. We have another force that is, um, so to speak, deflationary because it decreases the supply. And the whole question about prices, it's actually very easy. Is there going to be more people who will buy it? And you need new users. You need new people entering. You need fresh capital, you need fresh money going into the system. Mm -hmm. And then you can think about, okay, who can enter the system? And that's very interesting because when you think about what can you actually do with those tokens? And there is a couple of strategies that you can actually use that I think should, if people think rationally, at least um, bring new capital in. The question is, is it going to offset more inflation? As well, we have to take into account inflation is decreased by 1.64% every two weeks. But for the short term, we will have a big inflationary spike that is going to be offset or is not going to be offset. And one reason I could very well imagine that is going to be offset is that if I think about it, this is a cool cash flow situation, like depending on how much money I will get, like depending on how high are the rewards. But if the stock token rewards for the liquidity mining pools are higher than the potential risk I see in the stock of uh, stock volatility, volatility, and then I only are then I'm only with fifty percent in the stock pool because the other fifty percent is cash. So it's a good cash position because the stock risk of the stock volatility is mitigated by fifty percent because I'm only fifty percent cash, fifty percent stock, and additionally I may be getting multiple digits like 100, 200, 300 percent in um, DFI, and that's probably gonna be less risk because um, the volatility of the stock is compensated. So I can get cash flow. So what do I have to do? I have to buy dollar and I have to buy the stock. What happens when I buy dollar and I stock? The I have to be um, used as collateral and that reduces supply. On the other hand, I'm getting more DFI now. What am I going to do with DFI? Probably pop. people will sell those DFI. And the whole but important question is, is new capital going to come into system and new capital comes with new users so we need people who actually use those stock tokens and they are very useful in germany they are useful for Germ uh, for taxes because i think after what well, i'm not going to talk about the taxes because of but yeah and yeah. um, <laughs> that might be an argument and then we have the third world and we have people who want to get into DeFi chain, but don't know yet that they want to get into DeFi chain. And this is like the really, really, really powerful thing if you think about it. What did Apple do? Apple made us believe that we need an iPhone. Before we had no idea that we needed an iPhone, but Apple brought us the iPhone and suddenly we're so addicted to it. But we didn't know before that we're gonna need it. And that's the same with stock tokens. Those people don't know yet that they need them. They don't know yet how useful they can be for them. They don't know yet how powerful it is when you have um, exposure to stocks that double every five to 10 years. But if we do it right in terms of the marketing, then they're going to use them. And especially people in Algeria, I'm so sure they're going to use them because they want to invest. 
they just don't know how. The question is, and that's probably that's probably something that either we do as a community, or that, for example, the central entity Kate can do. We have to get there okay. and make those people use it. So now, um, so now, yeah. now, now we come back. Now we come back exactly to the point that I described before, right? So I think people understand now better where the thinking is coming from. So we need we need fresh money. We need fresh user group. That's very important, and everybody can help with that, right? Because, like you said, it's either community or a centralized entity like Cake. So everybody yeah, out I don't there. Have a problem with the centralized yeah. entity. Why? Yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with that at all. They have, I mean, they have, they have funding, they have money, they have a marketing team. Um, I think that they have as well interest that of DeFi course, is performing of well. Yeah. Um, yeah, but to everybody, like maybe just inflation is higher than new user because um, let's see how it works. But is it so important right now? Because Another reason that DeFi isn't performing is that the whole DeFi sector isn't really performing right now. And it's nothing to do with DeFi chain. That is just like you always, like everything that went up those days was Shiba Inu and Floki Coin. Okay. But those were like crazy. But Let's DeFi talk. in the last weeks was just not very strong. Let's talk about Shiba Inu and Floki Coin. I think a lot of people <laughs> want to hear this story. So you bought some Shiba Inu some time back? Yeah, I mean, Shiba Inu, I don't really want to talk about Shiba Inu because um, in 2017 or something, I bought Shiba Inu and I forgot it and I put it on my wallet. And then at this some point... This is this tendency, Baltasar, just... that I see all the time. You buy something and you forget it. So I've heard it three times tonight already. And then suddenly... Yeah, and then I sometimes just screw up. I mean, come on. I had the Shiba Inu and then I was like, I didn't need... No, sorry, Dogecoin. I'm sorry, Dogecoin. And I was like, I, I just remember how I bought it. I was like, is it Dodge? Like, this is a dog. Like, this is funny. Maybe people are going to like it. It's somehow crypto. Like, it's so irrational. And I just put not a lot of money. But then it was, I remember that then it was like when it went to ascent, I was like um, somehow rediscovering it. And then I was like, wow, it's ascent now. And I was like, wow, I don't know. This is like way, way, way more. And then I was like, get rid of that, get rid of it. It's not worth anything. It's not worth anything. I sold it. <laughs> and then it went to five cents. And then I was like, shit. And then I bought it back at five cents. I mean, of course, less, but I bought it back at five cents. And then I sold half of it at 70 cents. And now I'm still having half of it. But then that's what you do. It's like you, you buy this stuff and it's cheap with amounts of your portfolio that you don't mind if you lose them. Like, and then you put them into Dogecoin and then Dogecoin goes to the moon. And then when Dogecoin's at the moon, then you just sell half of it because maybe it's going to moon more or maybe not. And then you use a tiny portion of this half of it and you throw it into the next thing that's kind of crappy, which is Shiba Inu. And then you wait and then Shiba Inu pumps. And then that was actually yesterday. It was so funny. I was talking to my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, that's why I want to talk about it because it's just mine, so actual. Yeah, yeah. yeah my, then, then, then my, then my friend is texting me like, we have to sell Shiba Inu, we have to, and I was like, I don't know, it's pumping all the time, I don't mind. And I'm talking to my girlfriend, and he's like, no, seriously, we have to sell it, we have to sell it. And then he's like, Coinbase is down, Coinbase is down, and I started <laughs> to laugh, and I told my girlfriend, okay, I have to go now, we have to sell Shiba Inu. And then I, I sold it, and then, yeah, it's like the same. Then we took tiny little, like, like I sell it, 
I have it, I have some profit, I put it into coins I believe in, and then this tiny little part that I don't give, really give a damn, put it in the next thing, Floki coin, and then let's see what's happening. If it goes to zero, I don't mind because it's... Okay, you know you know why I wanted to talk about the Shiba Inu story? Not, not so much because I, I believe in that project so much, but uh, I had a conversation with Julian about this today already, and he said to me, we should actually be all happy for everybody who made money with Shiba Inu, right? And uh, there's no there's no jealousy if somebody did very well about this and every project has has the value that you th make out of it, right? So it doesn't mean because I don't believe in somebody else doesn't have to do it. And you're a very rational guy, right? So you really think through these things. But you also buy these things once in a while because you say, okay, you're able to make some extra profit with it and then you convert it into something maybe more substantial over time. And I think that's why I wanted to talk about it, to see that there are different approaches and you don't have to be so dead serious always when it comes to investing like the Bitcoin maximalists excuse if I mm -hmm. hurt somebody's feeling out there. It's all, we can all take it a little bit more uh, relaxed sometimes and uh, price is not see, always so difficult yeah, yeah. because yesterday when I was thinking about how much should I sell I was like oh what do I really want to sell it because of course now I know that it's better that I sold but in this moment I was like maybe I should just keep it and then the problem is when you keep it then you keep it as well when it goes to zero <laughs> and oh, yeah. that's the mistake I did in 2017 because I have probably still a lot of coins that I bought in 2017 and then they went to zero and that's why I'm just throwing it away because if you don't, I'm as well sorry. Like I never go give away everything. Like I always keep like five to fifteen percent because maybe it will go to the moon. Maybe it will be the next coin of the internet. Maybe Dogecoin will be the currency of the internet or whatever. But chances are lower that it won't. Absolutely. But if it will, I still have like those five percent. Yeah. You should have the plan have when you are starting. Yeah. So, yeah, you should, and then uh, most of the time you throw it away <laughs> when it's going up. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I cannot even, I cannot even think about it. Like, there's so many zeros, and then there's like. Baltasar, we've been <laughs> subscribed, guys. I found the button finally. We've got 65, 65 likes already. Seventy-one people alive watching, even after one hour fifteen. Baltasar, uh, I think we are more or less up with the time. Is there something I want to leave the last word to you? Um, it's your show tonight. I'm so thankful that you came and told us your life story, your crypto story, your DeFi story. Is there something else what you want to get rid of? Something what you want to tell the community, what we haven't been talking about? Like kind of famous last words. It's not hopefully not going to be your famous last words because we're going to welcome you back to the show and we're going to be in touch anyway. But how do you want to close the fireside chat with what story, with what message, with what, what do you want to get rid of? Oh, uh, what do you want to get out of cool your system, not rid of, out of your system, yeah. I mean, crypto is really cool and we all love crypto, but sometimes it's as well good to make a little break and just, I don't know. That is as well something I want to publish more on my YouTube channel. Like, I don't know, just read a poem. Or learn a poem by heart. I learn one poem by heart. And then just get into something else. I don't know, maybe, for example, read Goethe's Faust. It's amazing. Just take some good literature. Just do something that is so beautiful and that does not play with your emotions all the time. And then you're going to be so happy. <laughs> That's really, great. really great. Yeah. 
Yeah, Balthasar, thanks for coming in tonight. Even you are on the other side of the globe. I'm in Singapore, DC is in uh, Germany, you in Spain. Uh, I really hope I'm gonna meet you sooner or later in in the real world, right? Uh, when COVID situation settles down a little bit, it's still a little bit complicated. But on my next trip to Europe, maybe end of the year, maybe we can make it happen. Um, yeah, I can't thank you enough for coming in, for being so open about your story. It's always a big thing, you know, it's like you kind of lay out your life story to all the people watching out there. It's not thousands yet, but uh, it's going to be more and more people over time. And I really appreciate that means a lot for me and DC thanks for being here tonight again great show thanks Baldassar a uh, great guest again so we can proceed with this format yeah it's <laughs> regarding people in the community um, I think they like it I'm very, yeah. yeah I'm very happy uh, to see the different kind of persons also uh, the different thinkings yeah it it makes the com community more lively it's not just mark and me a lot of yeah. people are out there and a lot of them are amazing and you showed it tonight really great thanks a lot well done Valtasar. it was a cool show <laughs> thanks a lot it was a cool show it was a pleasure and stay yeah. tuned always keep up with the good humor we will always remember <laughs> life is beautiful <laughs> here we go <laughs> awesome awesome guys Thanks everybody for being out there tonight or this afternoon watching our little uh, fireside chat tonight. Next fireside chat is going to be in about a month, maybe a little bit later. In about a month, it's going to be end of November. I think we're going to squeeze one in before the year ends. Yep. Uh, we haven't got a next guest yet. We've got somebody that we're thinking about. If there's somebody out there who has a, a similar story to tell, we always say it's going to be so hard to top. After the first show, we said it's impossible. Then the next guest was fantastic. The next guest was fantastic. Balthasar is amazing today. I think, Daniel, you said the right way. There are so many exciting people out there. Get yeah. in touch with us. Uh, we might don't know you yet. We are happy to learn about you and your story and just reach out to us. We are very happy to welcome you. That's it. Thanks a lot again for watching. Leave us a like, subscribe to the channel, and have a nice evening. Thank you very much, and bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.